0: Conversation is different when you own something. I was thinking about this too, in terms of like buying a boat and buying an RV. A lot of people think about buying a boat and buying an RV. Like you ever heard the idea that like you buy the house after you buy the car, because if you buy the car, if you buy the house, no you buy the car you buy the house, because if you buy the car, if you buy the house, then it's way easier to get the car. The same thing is true for the toys you want to buy. If you have a house, it's way easier to get a boat. It's way easier to get an RV. It's way easier to get a loan for solar panels that you're going to put in your house. It's way easier to buy that bin, So you got to buy something now. It don't got to be your dream. But you know what the real play is? Buy a fix and flip. Tweet. Talk. Are we on the Tweet dog, Tweet talk. Tweet talk. Tweet talk. And begin. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Your wealth, owned, invest, and close the wealth gap. It's, it's, it's time modern. to break down these financial concepts with your hosts, Charles Oglesby and Raphael Husbands. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go, <conceptualities> go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go!
1: What's up, folks? I am your host, Raphael Husbands, along with my co-host. Charles Oglesby, the third, JD, a.k.a. Todd Billionaire. And we are here. Welcome to Tweet Talk, where we break down financial tweets and talk about building black wealth. What's happening, Charles?
0: Mm, not much. Took the boat out, living that boat life. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, family is from is here from out of state. So we took them to lunch and then we cruised the boat around the lake a little bit. But it was hot. It was like 113 degrees out there yesterday. It was hot. woo and but it was cool you learn everything you learn a lot just by engaging in the process of boating you learn about boating and one of the things i want is to have a boat and so get out there and you realize like man if we want to really enjoy this boat in these months we got to go to san diego because these valley lakes are just too hot too hot um but i also learned that a lot of people out there with boats don't have brand new boats like whenever you look at a boat you always look at like the most shiny brand new super expensive boat there's folks out there with just whatever and so it kind of frees you up to realize like i don't have to go get this most crazy lavish expensive boat to enjoy the boat life gets a little bit older you know buy it in cash if you like it you like it if you don't you sell it mm. old boat is better than no boat bars old
1: boats better than no boat and kind of what you said about learn about boating by boating. You got to get in the game like mm-hmm. you want to learn about something you can read about it you can watch YouTube videos, listen the podcast, but sooner or later, you gotta get in the game so yep. to learn about it. Everything translates to business. Where, where's Young Sigma at? He, he's good.
0: Uh, he's and he's watching Monsters Inc. Got him some fruit, got him some milk. He's watching Monsters Inc. We had stroll practice yesterday. He was out there. He was saying blue fight. Sounds kind of funny.
1: So you want him to follow in, in your footsteps and pledge the fraternity? You pledged. What's what's the advantage of him pledging the same fraternity as you? So the interesting thing about it and this
0: is just me being very transparent is I don't know that I want him to pledge the same fraternity that I pledged because I don't know if I, I I don't know if I had the best experience. I don't know if that group of men is exactly what I want my son to be a part of, but it kind of makes sense because I'm already a part of it. I have the networking, I have the connections. I have I know all the people. Um, I mean all sigmas not created equal. Uh, Lamontre, who was a part of, who listens to the podcast a lot. He's a Sigma. He's a super dope dude. But just through like my undergrad experience, I just didn't really have that great of a a Sigma experience. It was kind of ups and downs. We had some good times some bad times. A lot of that was honestly based on people who even like the grad chapter didn't even really agree with. So like what I find is people who be hating on me, somebody who really just wants to do the good thing, they typically get thrown out, get pushed out. But in the process of them getting pushed out they got the opportunity to say a lot of crazy stuff about me we've seen that with B real estate the dude doesn't exist anymore but in the process of him getting pushed out he kind of like tried to throw a lot of shade on what i was doing there's another person on instagram who was trying to throw a lot of shade on me had yeah. a massive following the dude literally doesn't exist on on instagram anymore the mm-hmm. post is the reason is last month he's gone so in my fraternity i've experienced the same thing like the people who had the issue with me they've literally been banned from the frat so, but the thing is, is and this is why black community has to really understand these things. It's like, We really got to look at the people that we allow to kind of like have an impact on people who are doing good things um, because they could ruin something and then just be off doing something completely different and ruin the whole legacy. But it just makes sense for him to be a part of it. And I think it kind of goes back a, to a career. It's like... For example, my mom's a CPA. And when I was in college, she didn't tell me to go to become an accountant. She didn't
2: tell me to become a CPA. She told me to go into the finance uh, Completely different really different than what she's doing. Uh, she should have made me become a CPA and an accountant, not because it was better or worse, but because she already made the groundwork. But sometimes you got to follow something just because the groundwork's already been laid. My son will have to work, like, budgings gonna be way easier for him. Oh, Everything's wow. going to be easier if you follow my footsteps. And so that's oh. the only reason why. That's not the only reason, but that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense to form the frat. Like, think mm-hmm. about it. If my son joins mm-hmm. my frat, all my friends become mm-hmm. his frat brothers. Like, that's cool. I have a friend, I have a mentor, actually. He's a Kappa. If someone's <laughs> the University of North Carolina, he, become, he becomes a Kappa. And now all his dad's frat brothers
0: are now his frat brothers, not his uncles, his brothers. That's mm. different. It's different. And so I would rather. Uh my frat brothers become my son's frat brothers, have the same connection, have the same desire to push him up because I've already invested 10, 20 years in these relationships. I crossed Sigma in 2005. We're in 2023. That means in two years, I'll be a Sigma for 20 years. That's crazy. Stop touching that. And so I think that and I said this before on Twitter. Nolan. I said this before on Twitter. Like, one of the Worst things you could do are just not following your in your in your parents' footsteps. And so, like for me, I should have just became an accountant and a CPA. All the connections, all the resources. My mom is a part of Cal CPA. She's gonna be the president of Cal C- all the groundwork's been laid. But I'm gonna tell you something, respectfully. I don't think that I, I feel like my mom didn't want to push me to that space because she kind of didn't want me to surpass her a little bit. She wanted me to do well, but she wanted me to surpass her. <coughs> And I think that's the difference between a mother and a father. I want my son to surpass me. I want my son, my I want my son to go right into law school, into a top tier tier law school, where I'm gonna coach him on every single thing he needs to do. We're gonna be learning Iraq before he even gets to law school. We, my son gonna be learning Iraq at whatever age. I was actually talking to my niece yesterday because I told her I was gonna, I wanted to pay her to read books because she just told me she's been watching TV all summer, and so I told her. Mm-hmm. All right. every book that you read I want a four sentence paragraph summary and I said break it down like this one sentence is the intro two mm-hmm. sentences the body the third is the conclusion and I was like I could have taught her IRAC which is a big thing in law school in law school and in the bar everything is an IRAC it's issue rule analysis conclusion and so I was like yeah we're gonna lay down this so you can get this basic groundwork of writing structured essays and then I'll teach you IRAC Maybe when you get to high school when we start working on law school stuff in high school because i think that as a man we sacrifice ourselves for our families but what you realize is when you sacrifice you grow you become better jesus sacrificed himself and became a legend It's people out here out here who won't sacrifice themselves, and they wonder why they don't have a name for themselves and so i kind of went all over the place with that but <laughs> i think that it's relevant because even though there might be organizations that have more prestige it might still be better for him to follow in this foot in these footsteps
2: mm, no way.
1: well it it kind of ties into this other tweet I wanted you to talk about where you said the more education experience you have, the more of a resource you are to everyone around you, yeah, so I tweeted that just because yesterday
0: um a lot of things happened, oh,
2: yeah. oh. but
0: yesterday, so my 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 uh, my aunt and uncle came out here with their two two children. And uh, we were trying to find something to do. So whenever I go to Atlanta, these are the people that I go see. <laughs> Typically when we are out there, we just go like, get some food and sit in the house. No, 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 okay. you can't make noise if I'm talking. Or do you have to go outside? No. All right. And so um, we were like, let's do something different than just sit in the house. And so we decided to go to this restaurant called Jack's. And it's this cool lakeside restaurant. You have all these glass windows. You can see a view of the lake <laughs> through all three sides of the, of the window and my mom picked up the tab. Well, actually we discussed this beforehand. She picked up the tab for all 10 of us and then uh, I paid for the boat. But um, throughout this whole process, like, and and I think what's cool is a lot of times I say things that like glorify me, like, oh, I'm this cool dude. But throughout this process, my niece was talking to my cousin who is in her last year of college, and she's a very solid young lady. She grew up in a two-parent household. Her father's invested in her. She's a solid young lady at, at 22, maybe. And I saw my niece and her just, like, gravitating towards each other and, like, talking to each other the whole time. And my niece doesn't have the best examples and role models. Um, and so... Was, hey, how old is
1: the niece? How old is the niece?
0: My niece is 12. Okay. And so what I realized, like it was cool that my cousin by doing all these things can now be a resource to my niece because she needs that because respectfully her mother's not it her father's not it and there's only so much that her grandmother or even her uncle can tell her like at a certain point people kind of tune out the people who are super close to And you kind of need that outside influence
2: no no
0: no if you want to talk on the show just let me know you want to talk on the show All right, but we're going to ask you a question, okay? Let me finish this statement, and then we'll ask you a question. Okay. All right. And so um, it was just cool to see that, but then also just, like, it was cool to be able to put my family on a boat. Like, that was cool. Like, we're all cruising around the lake on the boat. We took them to a nice place on the boat, and we didn't ask anything of them but what i found is like i was able to like like afterwards i was talking to my niece and this is after we had the conversation about like her reading books and tracking her book list and all that stuff and being able to get paid for that but it was also like when i noticed that her and my cousin were having a connection and i was talking to her and i was like do you um i was like you need to make sure you keep in touch with your cousin because she's a good influence and so she can serve as a mentor for you and i was like know what a mentor is and she's like, yeah, I know what a mentor is, but I still gave her the definition of a mentor. And so I was like, you need to make sure that as you're going through school and as you're going and progressing through life that you can reach out to her because she's a solid person that can give you a good influence. And so what's cool is I was talking to my mom and I was like, what's interesting is like sometimes your cousins can influence you to do good things, even if your parents don't.
2: My free.
0: And so I was like, maybe Jessica or maybe my cousin can be that for my niece, because she doesn't have it at home. It's ignorant over there. Respectfully. I'll be trying, Raphael. There's things I want to tweet, but I just I can't tweet it. But it's I'm just bad. It. And so like I'm surprised you've seen it here. Huh? So I'm surprised you're seeing it here. Right. I'm
2: glad my niece has uh, that accident. <laughs> Um, I think it's because even the things that I am saying are still way more mellow than what they could be. So what do you think about that, Nolan Oglesby? Mm-hmm. Nolan's going to have a pot He's going to hop on a podcast. We already got 5,000 subscribers. We already got 150 episodes.
0: <laughs> and he's going to be floating on top. This is generational wealth. Generational podcast wealth, boy. I love you so much. Black oh. like
1: nepotism. <laughs>
0: Other people say, welcome to Tweet Talk.
2: Welcome to Tweet Talk.
1: Say, it's lit.
2: It works. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now <laughs> I wanna talk about I wanna bring up this tweet that um I saw from Xavier Miller, friend to the show. I mean Alumni, whatever you want to call them. He had a tweet where he said, by 2030, there will be no middle class. People will either be financially rich and living in abundance or broke, living check to check. There'll be no in between. What do you think about that? I don't like predictions, Um,
2: even if
0: they're educated and informed predictions, um, only because, like, we don't know but the problem is sometimes those can be self-fulfilling prophecies and so people will make statements and they'll say oh black wealth in 10 years is going to be negative we don't know that but if we speak it it could potentially happen just because we put it into the atmosphere and then we started making actions towards that just like oh i guess we ain't gonna ever have nothing so we just go might as well not do nothing and so like i think that you got to speak what you want to see even if you don't see it and a statement like that doesn't help anybody (laughs) it doesn't help anybody all it does is just kind of like speak this thing out is it tough absolutely is it weird out there absolutely but i just i don't think that that has to be our truth if we don't accept it as our truth if we say you know what that's great that you think that but we're gonna move a little bit different because Raphael. if we listen to projections like that we'd all be statistics because When you're in high school, they say, oh, yeah, the stats are this, you can't accomplish this, and you can't have this. And if people just accepted that, there would be no Todd Billy. There would be no Ralph Millie. I wouldn't be sitting here with my son. I'd be abandoning my son. My son Mm -hmm. wouldn't be going to a private school. He'd be going to some school in the hood. hood.
2: I don't accept
0: thoughts like that. Mm My, my son do not even know the hood. We ain't ever going to the hood. No hood field trips ever. He ain't even going to know it exists. We're not, we're not doing that. All he's going to know is the suburbs and the city. And so, like, I I, I see things like that, and it kind of makes me cringe a little bit because it doesn't have to be true.
1: Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. what's uh, the predictions? You can make any type of prediction and... The thing about like people that make predictions, like they make predictions and if it don't come through, come true, they just make another prediction. And this is not even talking about Xavier, because that's that's my guy. I like Xavier a lot. And yeah. I, he, he had good reason for saying it. Like I understand mm-hmm. where he said it. So that I'm not even talking about Xavier. I'm just talking about it in general. So people make predictions and when it doesn't come true on the timeline they say, they just make another prediction. Yeah,
0: right. That or they just we don't ever have to circle Daddy, back I and be Daddy, like, but you said you know. You said I, I that, that
1: right sooner or later. Right, right, you know, I'll be calling this for 10 years. Yeah, but you have be calling this for 10 years. Right. Every year was supposed to be a real estate crash. And then the next year is still going to be a real estate cash. And then people are just sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i ain't buying now because it's going to be a crash So the self-fulfilling prophecy in fact. And besides, if you listen to this, unless you got some major organization that you're going to do what? something with, with, like, what does it mean to you? what does mean to you and your family first thing you gotta make sure that you don't fall into that statistic like your responsibility is to you and your family first so you gotta make sure you you're good so that prediction don't mean anything to you on a personal level really because you ain't gonna fix everybody's problems and that reminds me of he also had a a, a tweet I don't know offhand, but he said something about with the crazy prices in the real estate market right now, it don't make sense to buy a house right now. But he also said he don't know when it ever will be again. But on the flip side, I saw you uh, you Mm -hmm. tweeted a tweet from the FI couple that said, 98% of people waiting for a real estate crash to buy a home won't have the stomach to buy real estate during a crash.
0: I'm glad you brought those two tweets up at the same time. Because what I'm finding is I'm finding, so I was, uh, I saw Mark post something and it was actually a, a, an imitation of a tweet somebody else posted. and He was talking about the power of home ownership and how your mortgage doesn't change, but your, your rent changes every year. And I was like, when I was growing up, the reason why I wanted to buy a house wasn't so I could flip it in 30 days for a premium. It wasn't so that I could even rent it out and have all these different like leveraged rents. The reason I wanted to buy a house is because when I was about maybe 12, my mom bought a condo. Probably probably younger than 12. When I was maybe 10, my mom bought a condo. And uh, she paid, I want to say $90,000 for this condo. And... A few years later, she got married and she sold her condo for $160,000. And I was like, whoa. She like went up. She gave a testimony at the church. She gave a large offering at the church. And I was like, that was home ownership to me. That was the benefit of real estate. That was real estate to me. Not all this fancy stuff we see online, syndications, multifamily, none of that stuff, but like just buying a home and living in it. And so I always wanted to buy something. I've been looking and looking and looking and looking and looking. And you know what's Mm -hmm. funny is all the prices have done is go up the entire time I was looking. I haven't really seen a dip. Though one time I saw a dip, I don't even know if it was a dip i think we just got lucky like we got very lucky because during covid you have all this like negative feedback and then you also have like new construction coming online and you can kind of get a discount for new construction if you buy early in the phase so we caught like a COVID hype and all the other stuff we really got a deal but it speaks to the idea that when most people have the opportunity, they're not going to buy. Because a lot of people said, I'm not buying during COVID because blah, blah, blah. Why would I buy during COVID? And then the people who didn't buy in COVID literally walked right into an interest rate buzzsaw. Like, if you didn't work right buying COVID, you <laughs> literally just, like, missed a whole play. Because, like, the part of the win was the fact that we bought at a discount. The other part is the, the part that we have a loan 3%. And so I feel like both of those tweets are true. Yes, it's expensive to buy a home right now. But, and I think this is important for people to understand... You don't always have to buy in the most prime area sometimes you got to buy in the area that's set to become the prime area in california that's how it works the reason why my parents had so much success my mom she bought a house and it was a hud home it was a foreclosure so that worked out but my my stepdad he bought a house in an area called lake elsinore which he bought in a really cool area because it was like an elite area of lake elsinore called tuscany hills But at that point in time, there was nothing there. And so one of the gems that a realtor told him was drive until you can afford something. Get in the car, drive away from that prime area. And then once you start seeing some stuff that you can afford, that's where you buy. And you know what's going to happen. They're going to build up around it. And Nola's going to get in trouble because he's just been making noise the entire time. Yeah. I don't want you to, but you're going to. No. You don't want to be quiet. Go see what your mother's doing. Okay. And so real estate might be very expensive if you're looking in dallas if you're looking in houston but if you drive an hour out you might find a deal and you're like i don't want to live where there's nothing at. but it's kind of a vibe i commute to the office i'd rather commute to and from a place that i own than rent Mm. and have no commute and that's what i've seen my entire life when my stepdad bought the place that was super far He drove all the way out there. But you know what also was good about that is we got to go to school in a really cool place. We got to go to school in a healthy environment. When we were in San Diego and if you're in your inner city, you're likely going to end up because your kids are probably not going to go to private school. If you live in the inner city and you go to private school, good for you. But most people don't. They send their kids to wherever. And so we were in La Mesa, which was still a good area, but you still have a lot of bad influences because they're so close to bad areas. So we were in La Mesa, La Mesa is still close to Southeast. They're busing kids in. And so like, even when I was in middle school, like you had kids who like thought they were in gangs and wanted to be in gangs. And so I don't know if my life turns out the same if my parents didn't move to a very far suburb. So to kind of wrap this up with a bow, two things can be true. The first thing is that, yeah, it might be expensive where you're at, but there is a place that's affordable. The second is, even if you find a place that's affordable, most people still ain't going to buy it because the hurdle isn't whether you can afford it. The hurdle is the hurdle in your mind. That's the hurdle. You've got to overcome that so that now you can say, all right. I'm ready to take on what comes with home because there's a lot of things that lazy people and people who just don't want to do the work don't do. I got to go out every day and I got to sweep my back patio. I got to spray it down every week, once a week. We had a mark on the garage. Somebody rode their bike and like marked the garage, didn't say anything about it. It's been sitting there. I had to get out there. I had to scrub it and get it off my stucco so that it looks clean again. We got to maintain our home. But you know what comes when you maintain what you own? You become a better person. Wow. Let's become better people, y'all. Let's actually own what we have instead of passing the responsibility off to the landlord. And now you get out there and mow that lawn. You get out there and paint those shutters. You get out there and do that stuff. And you become a better person. You become more responsible. You become more diligent. And then you can pass it on to your kids. Then you become a, more, a bigger resource to everybody around you. The, the the win is in the growth, not in the passing off responsibility to other people.
1: Hmm. The win is in the growth. I, to me, it's funny. Like When people try to argue about um, against home ownership and how it's just a myth or whatever, and they start to say, oh, you never actually own it. If you stop paying your taxes, you'll see who actually owns that real estate, that house. And it's like, yeah, but if that's the way you want to see it, then what's the argument for renting? Like, you pay off the mortgage, If you if you stop paying taxes, then you don't have a mortgage to pay anymore. The mortgage was flat for 30 years or 15 years or whatever. Anyway, it never goes up unless you do something crazy like the arms. I, I, I hope people aren't doing that still in this day and age after the last crazy recession. But it's a flat payment for... 15 to 30 years and then once you pay it off the payment is gone. you just gotta pay the taxes and somehow you're trying to make it sound like renting is a better deal if either way you're not gonna own gonna own wouldn't you rather like hmm. have control of the place for cheaper and have space Well, i don't know what the argument the real argument is i guess people don't really like you said people don't really believe they can't own a home people say they can't afford a home but it's like how much is the home how much is the home that you can't afford they don't know the, the, the answer or they know the answer is like that you can't afford a home or you just can't afford a super expensive home that
0: that you wish you could buy. But check this out. Check this out. So last week we went to look at these estate home. Um, twice the size of this home. Twice the lot size of this home. They're starting at like $900,000. Mm. We're walking through these homes and we're like, all right, nine. We sell the one we got. We take all our equity, put it on that. And our payment goes up a little bit. To give you guys numbers, I put about I put about I don't want to put I want to put too much out there. I put a significant amount of money on down in this house. Probably about thirty percent. So I put thirty percent down in this house, and then. The house that we paid five for is now worth seven. So we're sitting on a decent chunk of of equity that we can now roll into the new house. And so the only reason we can even entertain the conversation of having a larger house is because we bought a house. So yeah. your, the house that you buy makes it easier for the next house that you buy. Don't buy your dream house first. And we talk about this all the time. Buy the house that you can afford and the house is going to help you buy the house. Again, when I learned about real estate, it wasn't in terms of 70 percent. LTV, get hard money, refinance, burr, all that stuff. It was just like, buy some shit. Because I've seen my parents do that as well, where the house that they bought helped them buy the next house. They rolled, my mom sold her house, paid off her student loan, moved into the house of my stepdad. He sold his house. We used that equity to put into the much larger house. You can't have that conversation unless you own something. The conversation is different when you own something. I was thinking about this, too, in terms of, like, buying a boat and buying an RV. A lot of people think about buying a boat and buying an RV. Like, you ever heard the idea that, like, you buy the house after you buy the car? Because if you buy the car, if you buy the house. No, you buy the car after you buy the house. Because if you buy the car, if you buy the house, then it's way easier to get the car. The same thing is true for the toys you want to buy. If you have a house, it's way easier to get a boat. It's way easier to get an RV it's way easier to get a loan for solar panels that you're going to put in your house it's way easier to buy that bins so you got to buy something now it don't got to be your dream but you know what the real play is buy a fix and flip i was talking to i have a friend he's an african um dude him and his wife graduated from college bought a fix and flip they bought it fix it up improved it took the profit wrote it into another house you know what they bought another fix and flip and so the play is that when you do something like that there's laws that allow you to take that game tax-free because if it's your primary residence then you're you're then you and you're married i want to say up to like $400,000 is tax-free income. If you sell a house
1: on a flip, it's not tax-free. Right. So, boy. Stop letting these
0: people talk you out of owning stuff.
1: And actually run the real numbers. Like, stop talking yourself out of stuff, thinking you can't afford stuff if you never actually ran the numbers. Like, if you ask people how much they need, they don't know. Have you got a pre-approval from a mortgage company? No. So let them tell you no first, man.
0: Let them tell you no.
1: Cut it out. Now, for this episodes segment of Black Billionaire Banter. i would like to touch on two things. The Sheen story and the Gathering Spot story. If you guys haven't heard of the gathering spot it's like a private membership community for black people it was started in atlanta by two georgetown classmates ryan wilson and tk peterson founded it in 2016. there's one in atlanta there's one in la i believe there's one in dc they're doing big things they were uh, acquired by greenwood bank last year and like two days ago there was there's a story allegedly I haven't seen any proof of it yet, but allegedly they Greenwood uh fired the CFO who TK Peterson, one of the co founders, fired him and replaced him with a white guy for CFO.
0: The whitest guy. So that guy's like the whitest guy I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> and you were saying like you gotta stop selling all stuff. I know you saw the tweet. Uh I, the thing is it's I still haven't seen any proof. I've been Googling and looking for it, but I haven't seen any proof yet, but it is kind of interesting. If that's the kind of organization you're running, you sh- my my thought is, even if you're going to fire the guy, because we don't know if it is true, we don't know why he was fired. Maybe it was legitimate. Maybe it was justified, but pretty sure you could have found a black guy to replace I feel, I feel like your take was that we shouldn't be selling our stuff regardless. What did you get out of that story? Um, My stance is,
0: whenever we have the conversation about like black people building stuff and selling it. Everybody's like, well, they should be able to sell it and get their money. And that's how you build generational wealth is by selling. Africa had the same mindset. Africa don't got no resources. They were in part stolen, but they were also in part purchased with fake money. A lot of their politicians are purchased. A lot of the policies that are there it's because they were purchased. And I think that Dr. Umar said this really interesting thing when he was talking about um reparations. And he was saying, like, a lot of the things that, like, Black people are seeking for revela- reparations, like, people go to war for less. Like, it's been rare that somebody's been able to command that amount of resources without there being bloodshed. And so I think the problem is we're unwilling to go to war for what's ours and what we want. And so... There's so much power in just ownership and control, and we talk about this all the time. Please stop slamming that. We talk about this all the time because um that's just the, the, the whole thrust of this show is ownership. And it's not ownership for the sake of getting rich and buying Louie and buying designer. It's ownership because you get respect. It's ownership because you don't have to be disrespected. It's ownership because you don't get treated as a second-class person. It's ownership because all the things that we want like whenever people get online and they complain about stuff that white people do to them it's rarely ever about money it's likely about respect and dignity and that's what ownership gives you it gives you respect and dignity it allows you to say i'm not going to come to your job and beg for a job because as a firm in my community they can give me a job i'm not going to work your job and be disrespected and be treated like i'm not worthy because it's affirmed in my community that will treat me like I'm respected and worthy. It's kind of like when we were talking about how you have this black lady who is a maid in somebody else's community and they're calling her whatever they call their maid. They're talking to her all crazy, but then when she goes back to her community, it's Mrs. Johnson. Like, yes, Mrs. Johnson, she gets all the respect in the world. That's what happens when it's within your community. And that's what ownership gives you. Ownership allows you to expand your community. Ownership makes your community not just the people, but also the things that you own and control. And therefore, you can get respect in those spaces. And so it always frustrates me when I see people sell their businesses and the things they build because they don't realize they'll give you money all day for your stuff because all they're going to do is print some more. It's all fake. It's all made up. The problem is we believe it. They steal your stuff by giving you money. They steal your community by giving you money. They don't just go through the hood and say, "Give me your stuff with a gun." No, they give you money and they give you a good offer. A lot of times, they're paying more than what you think it's worth because they know what it's truly worth. And so, people tend to not understand this for some reason. For some reason, they just they they put money on this pedestal and they put money above so many other things that are worth more than money. We see it all the time on the internet when you see the dating conversation come up. You're interacting with somebody who could add value to your life, but all you see is how much the date costs, or all you see is if he makes six figures or not. Like your son doesn't care if he makes six figures or not. Your your son cares if he goes to his basketball practice. If he can coach him in certain things, I talk about Floyd Mayweather Floyd Mayweather's dad was like in and out of jail on crack and he turned his son into a legend. People are probably saying like he's not worth having a woman because he has all these issues, but he's a great father. I wouldn't say a great father, but he was a father that helped his son become a billionaire. But the community is going to discount him because he's not rich. Apparently, if you're not rich, you're not worth anything in black community. That's because that's what they sold us. They keep selling us on the, the money. You got to control your stuff because they're going to oust you. They're going to change it. And we're going to see exactly what happened with BET. They're going to dilute it. It's going to become ignorant and toxic. Bob Johnson owning BET did more for the culture than just line his pockets. Your ownership and the things that you control are more important than just what it can do for your bank account. And that's my thoughts.
1: Oh, well, my thoughts on it, especially after everything you just put down, like there's a lot in what you said. So one thing is... You talked about how somebody being a maid, black woman being a maid in somebody else's home might get disrespected by her community. She's respected, and it made me made me think of Rosa Parks. Like, if you read what was that outliers or was that the link? one of Malcolm Gla- Gla- Gladwell um books? It might be David and Goliath. I, I think so. I think so. And he talks about Rosa Parks, and he says he talks about how Rosa Parks was the catalyst for that whole movement, and it wasn't. Be, and it wasn't what people think, it wasn't because she was the first person to not get up on the bus, because she was not. She was not the first person to be arrested for doing that. She was not. It was because of the connection she had. White people liked her, but also she had status back in the Black community. She was part of different organizations and stuff, and I think she was a maid. I'm not sure what she was but she would she wasn't a doctor she didn't have some kind of high status job but back in the black community she was respected and you can't see that now at least on social media If somebody isn't a doctor they're not making six figures they're not like you said you you don't get respect at least not on the social media so that's different um another thing that stands out to me is this was a black owned company that bought another black owned company it wasn't even they, were, they weren't even bought by a white owned company greenwood bought the gathering spot so if this story is true to me it's kind of strange that even if you had a good reason for firing this guy who was a founder why why couldn't you find somebody that was black to replace him are we going to give the same excuse like the white owned companies that said they looked all around and they couldn't find them they couldn't find a a, a good enough black person to fill to fill a role Uh, we can't believe that so what why why this guy because one of the reasons for ownership is kind of like you said to have control and power like you get the you you own stuff so you could do stuff like that that guy T.K. Purchison, and uh, like I, I'll say this again, I don't know if the story is true, but if it is true, whatever. The guy got dreads. He was a CFO of a major company. The guy got dre- he's college educated and everything. He was a portfolio manager at Fannie Mae, all this kind of stuff. But the guy got dreads. He could not. Have, he probably could not have risen to a CFO at a Fortune 100 company, but because it was black owned and he was a founder, he was able to do that and run a major company that got acquired by another big company. Like this is why you do stuff like this. Like we talk about now our partner Charles and this is his own opinion. He got his own opinion about dreads. But a lot of people will say like the talk about dreads not being professional is that's a european centric worldview and we shouldn't ride with that kind of thinking. This is how you combat that. For the people that's, that that try to downplay business ownership and stuff. This is why we need it. So we can have the hairstyles that we want to wear, dress the way we want to dress and stuff like that. So that's that's also interesting, man. And it's just kind of sad. And if it's if the story's true, it's sad. He was a founder. Just pushed him out.
0: I think the problem is people don't even see what's going on, and that's one of the things that I I, I told. I said. I was, uh, I was on uh, Instagram one day and it was like the 4th of July and one of my friends from college, she posted something and it said that um, on the 4th of July, black people were able to eat vanilla ice cream because apparently they weren't allowed to eat vanilla ice cream. They could only eat chocolate. And so since they were only allowed to eat vanilla ice cream once a year and they wanted to eat vanilla ice cream or something similar, a black man created this a flavor called butter pecan. And apparently butter pecan allowed them to still kind of enjoy vanilla ice cream, but it was still legal because it wasn't technically vanilla and i was like man we used to be so inventive when we knew people hated us now they hide the hate and we stop inventing stuff and creating things because we think they're going to create it for us we're like oh well they don't hate us it's just like it's just that we can't do it and that's why we're struggling it's like no fam it's things that are hidden that you can't even see that are holding you back. And you think that it's all equal and fairies and love out here, but it's really not. They're just working against you behind the scenes. Joe Biden is not your homie. I'll say it over and over. He is not your homie. Joe Biden is a large reason for a lot of the issues in the black community presently. Dr. Boyce Watkins will tell you. Um, And so I think that that's one of the worst parts about it. I always tell people like, I'd rather, I'd rather know you don't like me than think that you like me and be moving as if you do like me. Because if I know you don't like me, Now I can move different. Now I can strategize. Now I can plan. Now I'm not looking to you to help me and then being disappointed when you don't. There's people out there who like don't like you, but they don't advertise it. And so you come to them with a great idea, like, man, we could do this, we could do that. And they're shutting it down. They're saying, nah, I'm not going to help. And you're like, man, there's something wrong with the idea. But if I knew that you wasn't about that life, I never brought you the idea in the first place. And so I think that's one thing to say. But another thing to say is that just because something's black owned doesn't mean it's black controlled. And when you have banks... You have a lot of people who fund those banks who definitely, who in the essence, control those banks. Same thing with politicians. Just because they're a black con- politician doesn't mean that you're a black control politician. They're controlled by their special interest groups and the people who funded them and got them there. Why do you think Barack Obama became president and did a bunch of stuff for gay people? Because they funded him and got them there. Your votes is one thing, but your money is another thing. And so these people will make stuff move behind the scenes on the low just based off of putting money up while we're out here protesting and holding signs up and getting dismissed
1: money mm. makes things move it makes things move which reminds me I don't, I don't think i mentioned this on the show but i i met i ran to tim jack tim jackson had a uh, an event in philly maybe a month ago six weeks ago whatever and i went sure we went to lunch afterwards he was like you know appreciate you coming out man i really appreciate blah blah we were talking and during his talk he was talking about homeownership and he said you know give money to your local councilman your local politicians and he said people keep thinking that you got Giving them thousands of dollars. He said, like $50, 25 bucks goes a long way because that's like they can take that money and print flyers with it. But it takes money to get elected. Like they gotta print up the flyers and the signs that they put outside. Everything takes money. And you, you send them 20 bucks, they know your name. You could call them up and say, hey, listen, man, there's something going on. I don't like it. People take phone calls from people that give them money, no matter how little, and also homeowners. But that's another thing. Now, I wanted to touch on the the Sheen thing real quick. I don't know if you heard about the Rico case that brought against Sheen. I heard about. It. I didn't look too much into it, but I heard about it. I mean, I didn't dig too deep into it. It's basically like three um, designers brought a case against them because basically Sheen apparently has been just ripping off people' designs. Like verbat like they just they're not they're not tweaking it. They're just taking the whole design and just manufacturing it and because they got such a big machine. They can pump the market with like thousands of pieces in no time and just ripping people off so they brought a case against them and now there's a rico case against them which is crazy because you only hear about rico and it's like first of all it started with the mafia and now it's brought against like drug dealers kingpins or whatever so to hear of some fast fashion brand selling you cheap clothes got brought up on a RICO is crazy. Then. So RICO stands for the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, 1970. So that place that you're buying your cheap clothes from is being looked at as a racketeering and corrupt organization. That is crazy. So I think that it's important
0: when you look at the law, you look at the elements. And so I'm going to give you guys the elements of RICO. It is that the defendant agreed to commit to the substantive racketeering offense through agreeing to participate in two racketeering acts. That he knew the general status of the conspiracy and that he knew the conspiracy extended beyond his individual role. And so what it really is, is just like a crime organization. It's a bunch of people in the crime in this instance was theft of intellectual property. Where you're stealing somebody's ideas. And so you have a bunch of people working together to steal somebody's ideas, put it into a system, and then market those ideas. And so, firstly, I'll say that if you're stealing somebody's shit, you ought to be sued. You ought to be sued. Um, I was talking to somebody and they told me about this person who joined somebody's mentorship and left that mentorship and created their own mentorship using the same material. The original mentor sent that person a cease and desist letter. The mentor who left was all distraught, like, oh, my God, I got this letter. They're saying I can't do this. And I was like, that's what he should have done. He should have sent you a letter because we got to stop taking the easy way into business all the time i was looking at the pinky doll situation and pinky doll who she comes on TikTok and she like makes all the crazy noises and she says like oh thank you for the gifts i'm sure you saw it she's like ice cream so good
1: yeah, i Do have no you... idea what the pinky doll is i have no idea what you're talking but about you, you've seen the video
0: where there's a girl acting all crazy and she's like on TikTok live and they're giving her gifts well anyway no now everybody's trying to do it on Inst- on TikTok. Everybody's trying to do the same exact thing. And I was like, our community would be so much better if somebody had a dope idea. And you're like, that's a cool, dope idea. Rent it up. Let me find another creative thing to do. And the next person's like, well, let me find another creative thing to do. Let me find another creative thing to do. But instead, we're like, that's the creative thing. Let's flood it. And now you got 50 million rappers.
2: <laughs> we have
0: so many rappers now. We have more rappers now than we've ever had, Raphael. Yep. Everybody's a rapper. We have more NBA superstars than we've ever had. Everybody's NBA superstar. We and the...
1: and if you look at the female rappers, I know you guys notice one thing. Like, of course, they are all half naked, but that's that's old news. Like, sex sells. Like, that's old news. So everybody sees naked chicks making money. They're gonna do that. Nothing surprising. But a new thing now is everybody wanna be like Glorilla. Glorilla said, everybody knows Glorilla raps with a deep voice, but Glorilla herself said she used to rap with her normal voice, and then people told her she they liked her better when she rapped with her deep in a deep voice so that's what she ran with makes sense but now you got all these female rappers that they all sound like dmx <laughs> <laughs> they smoke like 10 packs of cigarettes a day just copying each other and of course they all talk about sex and the most ridiculous nonsense but it is crazy
0: so, so we got to get some more diversity of ideas in the community man everybody can't be doing the same thing please stop doing the same thing
1: stop doing the same thing and I, you i saw you retweeted a tweet from Mosey. He said. you get into business to solve problems you'll make money if you get into business to make money you'll have problems
0: yeah um i don't know man i don't know i just like the tweet (laughs) (laughs) it's tough for me to expand on retweeted tweets because
1: i didn't think of the
0: tweet i just retweeted the tweet which is way different it's like i agree with it but i didn't have the thought that generated the tweet put all those sentences together
1: but going back to rap you did have a, a tweet where you said listen to rap music It's like asking the most stupid person you know for advice.
0: I was riding down the road the other day and I had some rap music on after I got a haircut. And I was like, it was just like hurting my ears almost. I was like, man, this is just terrible. I was like, it's almost kind of giving me anxiety. I was like, I got to turn this off, put on some oldies or something. And uh, that's what I did. But then I realized, like, man, these people are like probably some kid who didn't even finish high school. Like this kid who like is like. Even if he was in high school, he was getting bad grades, and we're just in here, just letting this dude talk to us all the time, and just mm-hmm. like put his information into our ear. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, I'm not gonna let whoever this person is talk to me because like the people, the information that you put inside of you comes out of you, and people are starting to see it. Somebody put a tweet in there saying like, man, this rap music is really destroying the community. I was like, we've been saying that, man. We've been saying like, I was at the at the lake, and like this uh, white group pulls in they their boat and they're just bumping country. And I was like, low-key country kind of like white people R&B. Like, it's kind of like R&B. It's not all hype and turnt. It's just real mellow and smooth. And I was like, I'm pretty sure if you listen to like country, you probably have a good life. It's usually positive. Unless it's talking about the dog died, like the sad songs, but like it's usually like uh, no. positive, uplifting stuff. And if you listen to positive, uplifting stuff, you're probably gonna be a positive, uplifting person. But if you listen to like, it'll just be, it'll be crazy stuff. you be like, yeah, I shot that person. And yeah, this B needed to S my D. It was like, why am I listening to this ignorant stuff? Like, I just had to turn it off.
1: Yeah, I know about that country stuff. They, they seem like they're pretty crazy too. But yeah, <laughs> the, the Ramel rap music thing, it's funny when I saw your tweet and it said, is like asking the most stupid person you know for advice. One thing, like you said, that I didn't even think about is these are young people making music. Rap has always been a young person game. Not only they might be, like you said, like not the most intelligent or whatever, but also they haven't been around that long, and they're shaping. They're shaping the children that listen to their music, like.
0: My son won't listen to rap music.
1: No rap music, Nolan. We listen to kids that group in the social media era, where
2: Yeah are FOMO
1: because people are faking on the gram like they got stuff that they don't have. So they feel bad about not having the stuff that people are faking that they have. So life is not good to them. So then they put that in their music, and it influences the other kids that listen to the same music. And it's just a bad cycle. But I've always thought about this, like the negativity in rap was always like apparent. It was obvious but then it just hit me years ago one day I was listening to this music and they always talk about getting money getting money getting money and being rich and all this material stuff but then it hit me like if you listen to these guys you'll be broke so they're talking about getting money but listen to them will actually get you the opposite of what they're talking about like you follow them just gonna put your money in cars and jewelry and be still living in your mother's basement 20 years later still trying to get these hoes like it's stupid you're not gonna get rich listening to them. Nope. Which is what they're talking about. And I thought it was cool when I saw a tweet from a Emporium CEO. They get James Hunt, and he said, "Doing anything for money ain't it." Yeah,
0: I think he was referring to that girl Pinky Doll, cause she was making a fool of herself, and it looked silly.
1: Now you got me interested in what, who this person is. Should is I go, go on, look
0: for this? Go on TikTok and Google the name.
1: I'm probably gonna regret. I'm probably gonna regret that, but. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it now. A couple more tweets. You, you said, I mean, we talked about this before, but you said marriage is a hack because two brains are better than one. You're gonna lap the single folks off brain power alone. <laughs>
0: um, yesterday we were sitting there and I was like trying to figure out how I was gonna get the boat situated and all that stuff. My wife gave me a suggestion and I was like, that makes a lot of sense. And so I was like, I'm gonna take your suggestion, and I'll be taking a lot of her suggestions. I was like, it's cool because it's like you always have somebody looking over your shoulder. You always have somebody who's like, maybe you can do it this way, do it that way. Sometimes, sometimes I'd be like, all right, I don't need that suggestion. But a lot of times it does help. And so I was thinking, I was like, man, like it's not just the money, it's the brain and it's the person, which is why dismissing somebody because he makes ninety nine thousand dollars, he doesn't make one hundred thousand dollars is crazy because that's a whole person out there. Your grandfather didn't make that much money. Your uncles don't make that much money. Your cousins don't make that much money, but your man got to make that much money. Your baby daddy don't make that much money. Folks got more, more... uh discernment when it comes to the dudes they're dating and the dudes they're making kids with they make kids with anybody but the dude that actually like is going to marry them it's like oh we got to get serious about this which is kind of funny to me
1: dang it's so funny though that's an interesting way of looking at it though having two brains instead of one Uh, normally when we talk about it you kind of you kind of talk about this the world is not priced for one income but this is also a great way to look at it because it's like What the Bible say about having many counselors, like when you run it by yourself, like it's easy to just make bad decisions and have nobody there. You got nobody there to like vet the idea before you go run into it and then lose a bunch of money or lose a bunch of time.
0: And that's why a lot of people on the Internet be saying a bunch of dumb stuff anyway, because they just be moving with their own brain or with the group think of a bunch of people who don't have partners either. It's like, well, my friend said my friend said my boy said my boy said they dumb and y'all just taking dumb advice. Probably listen to rap music too
1: you know what's funny when i was i was googling like the, the gathering spot getting ready for this episode i came across this um article on medium black girl wrote this this article about the gathering spot on why she didn't join and she starts off by saying like you know she loved like black professionals and black people how she you always felt like she didn't have like that kind of community so she thought it was great when she heard about the gathering spot and she was going to join but she was look, looking up stuff on it and she saw somebody comment on facebook or something that they were able to join that they and their spouse were able to join together like for the price of one so it apparently it was like if you join the gathering spot your spouse can join too for for, for for no extra charge. And she took offense to that. And that's the reason why she wasn't going to join the gathering spot. Because, and the thing is, she also said that she wasn't, she was going off of a comment somebody made on Facebook. She wasn't even going to research and see if that was true or not. Just off the comment alone, she was offended. And she feels like married people get too much just because they have, they, they get big advantages because they have two incomes. And she feel like if this is true that two people would join for the price of one just because they're married, then that. It means that they're devaluing single people. And if that's your philosophy, I don't want to join. And I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. Uh, I don't
0: know, man. I just... I don't engage anymore. Because you can't tell nobody nothing. Just try to do what I do for me. My tweets are for me. I do not be out here trying to lecture and inform. I just be like, this is my thought that I had about my life. And here's it on the it internet. Think. But if somebody no. agrees or disagrees, then so be it.
1: No arguing, right? Because I see you had a tweet when you say I'm not gonna argue with no contract about the price, I'll just say no. Yeah, because
0: when they when they put that price out there, even though it's stupid, if you try to negotiate them down, now you're arguing. So I'm not arguing. She's not my price. You want to get a better <laughs> price, we get a better price. You don't want to get a price. I'm a, high, pop. I'm a higher Pablo. <laughs>
1: We're gonna move on to the uh last tweet for the day. You said when you dare to be great, you get great opposition.
0: I was watching Transformers last night, and he didn't even say that. He said something about like when you dare to be great, like something, and I was like, I'm gonna just change this and turn it into something else. But it's true, like when you do great things, man, you're gonna start finding out like big people wanna talk crazy about you. My issue with and I don't want to say his name, but we know who I'm talking about is that I was thinking about this. I was like, if you are calling out people who are legit scamming, you are doing a good deed. But if you're calling somebody a scammer, just because you have a personal issue, that's a problem. And that's the issue that I have is you and that person are cool. The business deal falls out. Now, all of a sudden he's a scammer. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And then bad business isn't scamming scamming is an an intentional act to take advantage of somebody and so if jay morrison starts a fund and the fund happens to not be profitable but he intended for it to be profitable it's not a scam if jay morrison started a a fund and had no intention of doing anything positive with it that's a scam but like the greg parker situation like if greg parker is really out here taking folks money and not putting it into real estate deals That's a problem, and you should have to answer for that. But if Greg Parker is putting things into deals with people who have unrealistic expectations, I was watching a video. The guy was like, Yeah, I'm supposed to get my money back in 10 days, and then it's been eight months. Why haven't I got my money back? It's been eight months because it's real estate. Shit don't turn in eight months in a pandemic. Like, it's a long term play. People, Everybody wants generational wealth tomorrow, generational wealth in 10 days, General, generational wealth in eight months. So I would just say that when you do great things, people are going to start talking about you. People are going to start seeing you. And they're usually going to be somebody with some clout and a following. And they're going to throw that whole clout and following behind, kind of trying to tear you down. When you aren't somebody, ain't nobody press for you. That's why you got to kind of stay hidden and then don't be advertising your success like that. That's Take
1: a you. That's funny you said about the real estate, because we had a we've had our money in that Chris Senegal deal for a couple of years now. I forgot all about it. Exactly. But he was when he presented it, he was talking about part of the reason why he thinks it's going to be successful because they're doing the other construction throughout the city, and the value is going to kind of like work its way over. Like the value is going to go up as more is built out. That takes time, man. Yeah, that's not a thirty-day. That's not a thirty-day flip. It's not. It might be a thirty-year flip.
0: My mom was dealing with uh this large, large, large partnership, and I want to say they bought some land and held it for like a long time. Ended up selling it for crazy money. You know what they did? They put the money right back into another deal. After mm-hmm. waiting for 10, 12 years to even get it to a good number. like Real estate is a long-term game. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to build these projects. It's, it takes a long time to get approvals and permits and all that stuff, inspections. It's not a short-term game. And that's what I was talking about. Like The way I like learned about real estate, we lived in that house for five years, if not longer. I wanted to buy the house and next month she was like, oh, we rich. So mm-hmm. your expectations are
1: different when you've really been through it. You got to have better expectations. And you are talking real quick about you was saying like, stop, stop trying to build an audience on tearing down other people please people jeez he made me think about on I saw on Twitter this morning it's funny how it turned up this guy I guess he exposes people or he he exposes scammers I never even heard this guy before today but he's he put a post up he's saying that he was going to expose uh king randall if you don't know mm-hmm. what i'm talking about maybe i'll talk about him next episode but i'm gonna expose king randall so everybody's like oh no that boy better hide Uh what did he do And people are saying like oh man i thought he was a good guy even randall was like you ain't got nothing on me this you, you're you an idiot and he blocked him but then the guy was like kind of like it was kind of like clickbait and i think we all forget that the word "expose" kind of means like shine light on something it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's a scammer he was actually doing a pop going to plan to do a positive piece on on, on Randall because he was saying that he personally went down to the school to help King Randall like clean up the place and he saw the work. He met him years ago and he said, like, "I met him two years ago and this guy put in the work he said he was going to put in." And I went down there in person and see the stuff he's doing. I went down there to help him clean up. So he said nothing but positive things about him. But everybody, because we're so conditioned to when you say you're going to expose somebody, we you expect he's going to say they're a scam. It, it just went kind of left.
0: Yeah. Honestly, it's funny because when I saw that, I was thinking I was like, maybe he is gonna say something positive about him. But, like you said, you can't build an audience tearing people down. Like that's all you're gonna be known for. You now you want to spin and do a positive piece. It's like, fam, like
1: they don't even know you for right but be sure to follow us folks on twitter at TweetTopPod. as pod that's p-o-d follow my partner charles on twitter at Royal todd billion if there's only one follow myself on twitter at work Money life follow us on instagram at tweet Talk pod podcast follow the parent company at todd.capital follow us on tiktok at tweet Talk pod and at todd.capital Product Capital. I'm going to leave you with one last tweet from my partner. I guess you don't want to record it this time. i going to leave you with this one last thought. People, when you dare to be great, you get great opposition. For episode 150 of Tweet Talk About Wealth Podcast, for the hosts, Rafael and Charles, we are out.